Good morning, this is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net on, at WSOU.net. Today we're so pleased to have Miss Cynthia James, the author of I Choose Me, as our in-studio guest this week on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Cynthia, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you, Darrell. I'm so happy to be here. So I, I I am so happy that you're probably one of the first guests that I have had on this program that focuses on how a woman can find her self-empowerment. Thank you so much for coming on the program. But before we jump into I Choose Me, could you please share with our audience the highlights of your education, career, experience, and background? Well, I've been through two master's programs. I grew up in Minnesota, and I went to, to school there, and I also went to Hunter in New York. But I, um, I, uh, I went through the University of Santa Monica, which is in California, for spiritual psychology, and then I have a master's in um, consciousness studies from Holmes Institute, which is um, based in California, and, and, and it was there, and now it's moved to Colorado. Very nice, very nice. Spiritual psychology... Did I mm-hmm. did I did I say that correctly? You did. What is spiritual psychology? Well, it's really a, a blend. You know, there there are therapeutic sides to it, which you know we learn you know all kinds of counseling skills. But then the spiritual side is is that really um, well from my point of view and from you know evidently the school is that there is a spiritual component to every single person on the planet, and so getting people in touch with their spirit and and their essence allows them to move in ways that are extraordinary and powerful. And so when you blend that essence work with the the psychology work, something grand happens, and and that's the work I do in the world. Something grand happens. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a second. What is something grand happens when you put those two together? You know, we're fully expressed. We... We bring our best self to the world. We, we bring our voice, our true voice, our authenticity to the world. You know, a lot of people are, are unhappy today, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that they're not in touch with their, their extraordinary essence and or are afraid to express it because they're afraid they'll lose or they won't be respected or they'll be judged. When in fact, I think it's the opposite. I think that when you stand in that integrity with yourself, with who you are and who you come here to be, the vibration around you rises. That is so true. Recently, I had a conversation with a with a, a, a gentleman. It started off kind of rocky because we're on opposite sides of the political spectrum. Because he initiated this conversation with me in a lobby, uh, a waiting area of a car repair service. But he eventually he came around to say. I understand what's going on. People are hating because they hate themselves. Mm-hmm. Can you can you speak to that in regards to how one, instead of addressing their shortcomings or their challenges, they point it towards someone else incorrectly? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's a form of projection. You know, I mean, the thing is, is that it's easier to look outside of yourself and to blame someone or an organization or a political. Um, arena, it's easier to do that than to say, what am I doing for myself? Where where am I standing up? What am I doing to to be more loving, more kind, more generous, more caring, more authentic, you know, more integrous? And I think 
that if, if we start turning that energy back towards ourselves and do that kind of work, then we don't need to be at war with one another. We don't need to be in spaces of hate and disconnect and separation. Yes, yes. You know, it kind of speaks to um, Michael Jackson's song, The Man in the Mirror, or The Woman uh-huh. in the Mirror, in regards to that. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's let's talk about um, I Choose Me. What motivated you to write this particular book? Well, I, I wrote it. The the, um, the subtitle of the book is The Art of Being a Phenomenally Successful Woman at Home and at Work. Uh, I coach a lot of women all over the world, and oh, I coach people, but mostly women. And a lot of them are struggling, struggling to find their voice, to bring their most powerful self, you know, to, to not be judged as being um, um, too masculine, but at the same time bringing their power. And so we've been enculturated. At the beginning of the book, I talk about the history uh, of the feminine. We were still property into the early 1900s. And so so we've been enculturated to put others first, to take care of others first, because we've been told if we don't, we're selfish and we should feel guilty. But the reason for the book was to teach women that that's not true. By putting yourself first, by taking care of yourself, honoring yourself, learning radical self-care, what you do is you raise the vibration of everything around you and everyone around you, and you begin to model what it looks like to be healthy and vital. You know, my wife, Deb, of 23 years, she's never given me bad advice. All the advice that I've ever gotten from my wife uh, has always been spot on. And in times that I did not take her advice, it didn't go the right way. And I've watched her help lead our family uh, to do great things, as well as my mom, who, God bless her, who is 92. And I grew up wow. family of seven in a grocery store. My father passed when I was 12. But, I, I, I you know, she really understood and modeled that. So I, I really uh, support what you're, you're, you're doing. What has been the response from the community in regards mm-hmm. to I Choose Me? You know, it's been incredible. I was on book tour. We, the book uh, launched on June 1st. We were um, number one in new releases on Amazon, you know, three times before the launch date. We've been a bestseller um, in Kindle and in books like three different times. Um, women are, are, I think, hungry for someone to tell them, that they're beautiful and smart and brilliant and powerful and necessary right where they are. And that once they own it, everything changes. And so it's been incredible for me to travel around the country, to be in small groups and to speak at conferences and, and, and to do um, women-only workshops where I invite women to have the conversation and move into a dialogue of what happens if you really care for you. What's the impact? That is that is huge, and so what you're saying is that by uh, empowering themselves to be first, everyone, all ships will rise with the tide, and 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 their families and their friends will benefit from this. Absolutely, and you know, it, it took me a long time to learn this. You know, I came from a very abusive childhood, and a lot of insanity and chaos, and so I thought that was normal. And, and, and at the same time was being taught, you know, I was to take care of everyone else. And so 
my life choices, you know, uh, for a long time, you know, were dysfunctional. And when I started getting that I was the common thread in all these things, then I thought, oh, I've got to change me. Right. And so that began my own journey. And and today, I'm a very different person. And I, you know, I've been with my husband for 21 years. And and it's it's a healthy, vibrant, clear, connected relationship because I'm I'm fearless in being who I am. Yes, yes. I, I, I it, it it comes through very very clear. You know, I always joke. My wife is from Chicago on the South Side. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when, when, when she's being her true authentic self, I go, Southside. Because, um, <laughs> you know, I, you know, she's about Michelle Obama's age and, right. I, I was said thinking that. about Michelle Obama. You know, but, um, you know, she's, she's no nonsense. And, um, mm-hmm. and as I said, every decision she normally takes is, it, not everyone is always spot on. And it's so good because you know that you're putting who you are, your authentic self, and and people know, hey, this is this is Cynthia. If if, you, if, if something about it you don't like, um, that's that that that's your problem because Cynthia is being who she is. And so when you talk about in chapter two, self care is non negotiable. Let's talk about mm-hmm. that for a second. What do what do you mean by that? You know that was a hard one for me to learn. You know. Um, I, I come from five generations of women who were abused and traumatized, left the planet, overweight and unhealthy and, and depressed. And I saw myself kind of going down the same path. And and but mine was associated with work. I my the way I was defining myself was the work I was doing in the world and and how successful I was. And so my adrenals were, you know, being blown out and um, I, I wasn't eating well and I wasn't working out because I was doing all this stuff. And finally, my body started talking to me and said, you know, well, I'm going to sit you down. And so I went to a doctor because I was tired, and even though I have an enormous amount of energy. And the doctor said, so these numbers here tell me that you're, you are burning out your adrenals and you're close to Addison's disease. And I said, what does that mean? And he said, what it means is is that if you don't stop doing what you're doing, you're going to be on medications for the rest of your life, and um, you are not going to have great energy. And I said, what do I do? And he said, quit your job. And I'm like, I can't quit my job. He said, quit your job, quit your life, make a choice. Oh. And that, that started. Quit your job, quit your life. Hello. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And so I took a sabbatical. I took a three-month sabbatical. I, you know, I worked it out with my boss, who was very generous. And and in that three months, I got to see how I just put everything and everyone ahead of my own health. And at that moment, it was like it became a non-negotiable thing. I had to come first. Right, right. Uh, but, you know, I, I can self-identify with what you're saying. So, actually... Uh, as far as a man, I'm sure our issues are a little different, but we need to self-identify too, correct? Mm, I, totally. And i got to tell you something funny. In three of the cities that I went to, men crashed into the women's workshop. <laughs> <laughs> they said, this one guy said, I have a strong feminine side. I need to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That is great. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Cynthia James, the author of I Choose Me, as our guest on Leadership This Week. And so, 
in, in the non-negotiables and the self-care exercises, is the self-care exercises allows you to embrace new best practices for yourself? Yes. You know, one of the things I wanted to do in the book was to give people concrete things to do. Because a lot of times, you know, we read these books and we go, oh, yeah, that's right. And then, like, now what? So in every chapter, I wrote something that was going to give people um, ideas on how to manage this energy and these shifts in their consciousness around self-care and self-love. And so it, that's been really good. And the feedback from the women, I'm getting ready to do, I, I have women are in book clubs around the country. And oh, I'm getting yes. ready to do a, mm-hmm. hmm? Go ahead. No, no, I said, oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so so um, I'm getting ready to do, uh, uh, for once, once a month, with the women in the book clubs, you know, conversations and opening dialogue and how are the exercises and things working for them so that I can, I can see what, what's the next step in supporting women in, 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 in their care. Yes, yes. You know, my sister, Shermaine, uh, is my mother's caregiver. And um, she works. She she she's dedicated her career to taking care of our mother, which we're so blessed that she does. You know, I firmly believe that she has extended um, uh, our mother's life because of this care. But recently, a friend said to her, "Hey, let's. Why don't you take a week vacation with me? Just you do so much for everyone and do so much for the community." And my sister. Uh, Took, took the time to do that, which I was happy she did because she worked so hard. But a lot of times it's hard for people to pull away from their routine. Why is that? Oh, you know, I, I think it's because we have a, a false sense of responsibility. And and it, it becomes very important how other people view us and, and our dedication and how we show up. You know, but... But the thing is, is that um, it, it's kind of askew, the thinking, because, you know, your sister can't do for your mother the way she does without energy, without devotion, without caring. And so she may not know it at this moment, but this week vacation that she took is a way to rejuvenate and in a way to bring her energy back up to, to you know, a, a high level so that she can be in service. And I feel like that's what we're all called to do, to take moments to be still, to rejuvenate, to, to do things that, that feed our soul so that then we can be in service to others as well. That is very, very, very poetic, very true. Let's talk about the false sense of responsibility. Mm. What does that mean? Oh, you know, um, I, I was with a client today, and um, this woman is, you know, has two children that have been physically challenged, and, and a mother and a father who are both have challenges, and she has devoted her whole life to taking care of all these people. And what's happening in this moment, the reason she came to me, is that her body is sort of breaking down, and 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 she, she's noticing depression and things entering. And so we were having the conversation about the fact that, you know. No one person on the planet is responsible for another. We all, we all have our own life paths. We all have our ability to make choices. And sometimes the answer is no. 
And we don't know that because we're, we've been told that our job is to make sure other people are happy and supported and nurtured and cared for, but we leave ourselves out of that equation. And when that happens, the mental, physical, and, and, and emotional bodies start to break down because mm. they need to be fed. Right, right, right. And this false sense of responsibility, what it, it satisfies which part of our ego? It satisfies that well, you know, the ego really believes in separation, you know, uh, and it and and the ego fights against any kind of transformation because it doesn't understand the difference between transformation and death. It means if you're transforming, it's going to die, so it's going to fight. But but the ego really feels like its love, its appreciation, its acceptance is outside, and so. It will drive us to do anything to get that acknowledgement outside. But that's not what feeds the soul. What feeds the soul is our own self-love and our own self-care. Mm. Self-love and self-care. How does one achieve self-love? You know, it's practice. It's practice. It's it's. Um, at, at one point when I realized, you know, that I was a common denominator and all the craziness in my life, I, I, I went on hiatus from dating or anything. I just was going to spend time, so I did a lot of meditation and prayer work and journaling and therapy, and I did, and I started saying, who am I? What do I like? What do I want? How do I want to express? If I'm, if it's not anybody else giving me feedback about what they think I ought to be, who am I? And what emerged was was someone that I had pushed down because when I was a kid and I was that expressive, you know, I got hurt for that. Mm. And so today to be in a place where I can say, oh, this is what I love, this is what I don't love, this is what I want to do, this is what I don't want to do, this is how I want to serve, this is, you know, this this doesn't call me, where I can just be my authentic self, I mean, it is so empowering. And, and so my husband, I'm very clear would not have come in had I not gotten to that place. Wow. Cynthia, right now, someone's listening, and you are moving them to, to, to take action. How can they reach you? Where can they reach you? CynthiaJames.net is my uh, website, um, and... Uh, there's all kinds of information and gifts there, and you can schedule appointments with me. And, and I'm, um, this is my bliss to be of service in this way. I, I feel it's why I was born. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are here with Miss Cynthia James, the author of I Choose Me, as our in-studio guest on leadership. Um, Cynthia, in your book, you break it down into a few sections, your home life, your work life, your inner life, and then you have some final thoughts. Um, you know what? Uh, your home life. I, I, you know, I, I think we've we've touched upon it. We haven't dived as deep as we probably would like to because we only have a few moments today. Your your work life. Let's talk about the work life. Um, being that I'm the youngest of seven, I have four older sisters. I think I have a leaning towards understanding women better than most men. 
Um, mm-hmm. I also serve on the Women's Ventures Fund board for the last 10 years here in New York where we provide training and counseling and funding. And so I, I'm able to identify, because my mother was a small businesswoman, for the, the, the woman who is in her, her particular job at, at, at her work, and she is seeing that other men, I'm just going to, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, blunt. Other men who are in whose skills are inferior, knowledge are inferior, are being promoted above her. What uh, advice would you uh, give to this woman in in regards to not only for her to maintain her self esteem, but to also to grow professionally? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I tell every client I have, let's get clear about what you're passionate about. Let's get clear about what what lights you up and and what brings you joy, and 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 find out how you grow your skills in those areas. You know, I, I'm a natural born teacher, and so I did a lot of training in in how to speak and coach and facilitate. Uh, and 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 then the other thing, and, and you know, this is going to sound spiritual, but I, you know, this is this is true for me, is that I actually journaled what I wanted, how I wanted to be seen, what kind of people I wanted to work with, how I wanted to express, and then I took that into prayer every day. I, I, I meditated on it. I, I, I visualized myself. You know, Oprah talks about visualization a lot. You know, I, I visualized myself being in environments where I was seen and heard and understood. Now, that's the good news. What happens, though, is when you set that kind of stuff in motion, one of two things will happen. Where you are will transform and, and you'll be elevated into a place where you can be supported or you'll be moved out of that to create space to bring you into the place that you, that you deserve to be. Wow. Okay. Your transformation that you shared with us is very personal, um, very interesting that you shared in regards to the visualization and the journaling. The journaling, mm-hmm. what does that do for the individual in regards to helping them to understand who they are and how to aspire to achieve what they want to achieve in their life? You know, it's really powerful. There's a professor in Austin, Texas, whose name escapes me in this moment, but he did a whole thing about writing is healing. That That by journaling... And, you know, and, and I, I like to call it stream of consciousness where you're just kind of writing whatever's there, whatever you're feeling, whatever your thoughts are. There's something about that that starts to open up the mind and, and in fact, can start to, to um, create new neural paths of health and well-being simply because you're not holding on to those feelings and trying to push them down or numb ourselves out. You know, we do that a lot in, uh, in our culture with, you know, food and drugs and whatever else. But by journaling and getting clear about what you're feeling underneath that, there's creativity. You know, um, the book The Artist's Way, uh, Julia Cameron, talks about having people do morning pages every day for 15 minutes. You just write for 15 minutes and see what happens. That's how she wrote her first book. Wow. It's a very powerful tool. You know, I have a colleague. We uh, teach here at Seton Hall. My colleague, John Hoffman, we teach professional selling. And and this summer we did uh, training for a particular company, 90 people at five locations. We were all over the world. And one thing that he said to the class, which I, I thought was very 
uh, profound in regards to if you want to learn something new, pick up a book and just read five pages a day, but be consistent. Mm -hmm. And so this journaling of 15 minutes in the morning uh, is, is brilliant because it's, it's, it's teaching your mind and your body and your soul to catch your body at the best time in the morning when it's fully energized and fully rested. That's, that's awesome. Right. Right. And, and what comes through sometimes are just extraordinary things. I mean, some of my best ideas for my webinars or for my classes that I teach have come through that, you know, because I'm journaling and all of a sudden something drops in. And I just feel it's because we're open and that that really, you know, the quantum physicists say that, that the quantum domain is a field of infinite possibilities. So I think when you open in that way, you just tap into that field and that, that energy starts to download. Yes. You know, um, in, in the mornings when I'm either jogging or walking or walking my dog, uh, my wife always says I get some of my best ideas while I'm out you know, for that 45-minute to an hour walk. And, mm -hmm. that's, and that's true. That is so true. So, you know, <laughs> we are almost out of time. We have a couple <laughs> minutes left. Um, and I would love to have you back on the program as a follow-up because I'm sure there's so much more that, that, that we need to cover. And I really hate to uh, talk about your inner life in these last couple of minutes because I'm sure we could probably use another 15 or even an hour to do this. <laughs> but can, can, can you share with our, our guests um, how will you define the inner life and what are the key aspects that you stress in your book? You know, when I talk about it, when I speak at conferences or, or, or corporations, what I tell people is the inner life is really the part of you that can get still. It's the part of you that can manage your stress because you are moving into a place of, of deep connection with yourself. So for some people that's meditation, for some people that's prayer, for some people that's hiking or running. But it's, 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 it's a place where you start to understand that it's very important for you to connect to you in whatever way serves you and, and to open so that you can start to connect to your intuition which is encoded within you and it is consistently and constantly giving you information. It's, a, it's, a, it's an internal guidance system. Internal guiding system. Wow. And um, what has been your experience in regards to um, people who you have counseled who weren't aware, but once they become aware, what has been some of the reaction about them understanding this new inner guide system? You know what? What's been incredible is they begin to listen to themselves more. It's like, like sometimes they'll get an, an inner guidance and it'll feel counterintuitive by what people think. But when, by learning to listen to it, they make decisions that take their businesses to another level, shift their relationships, shift their ways of parenting. Because, because the, the truth is, is that when you're in tune with yourself, you're in tune. And so, then you are you're seeing things from a different perspective, not so limited in its scope. Wow, wow. So we have 30 seconds left. What last thought would you like to leave with our audience about yeah. I Choose Me? I'd like to tell each and every person that's listening to this that you're important, that you're essential, that you're here because you're necessary, and that your self-care, your self-love, and, and the, the support of the fullness of who you've come here to be is needed. 
you know, without you there would be a hole. And so I'm just going to encourage you to take care of yourself, to love yourself, to honor yourself because you matter. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Miss Cynthia James, the author of I Choose Me. Miss James, thank you for your time today. This has been very inspirational for me. And I and I tell you, I have over 160-some shows, but this show has really touched me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very grateful here. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. At the, on the beautiful campus of Seton Hall University located in South Orange, New Jersey. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend.